Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Nobody pray for me. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds with Joe Franklin and Wes Moore on 1037 The Buzz. Time for your Razor Hog updates brought to you by Floyd Seafood Seafood on Kill Avenue in Sherwood. Floyd Seafood has king cakes for Mardi Gras and the big game. So stop by and get yours today. We got Arkansas, Missouri tomorrow night in Columbia. The Razorbacks headed that way here in a couple of hours. It's the first of two meetings between Arkansas and Missouri. Game is set for Wednesday night, 7:30 on the SEC network. Got Mike Morgan and Mark Wise on the call. Last night we had Coach Musselman on his uh, weekly press conference, or actually it was his coach's show, and we got to hear from him a little bit yesterday. And uh, one of the things we've got to be uh, keeping an eye on is who's playing in the game, the availability for all of these players. Of course, no Devo, no. Uh, Trevin Brazil, here's Coach Muss and what he had to say last night. We just have you know so many players that have not played you know in an SEC true road game like at Missouri. So uh, normally you know you look out and, and maybe a guy like T Brazil he can help his teammates out and, and when he's out on the floor and and he can talk about Noah Carter who's started last year and he can talk about. Um, Sean East, number 55, who started last year, and he can talk about Nick Honor and help, but, you know, TB did not practice again today, um, and so all this personnel stuff we're going through, the uh, the way that Mi- Missouri plays um, defensively, jumping passing lanes, press, zone a little bit, there's a lot of things uh, that we've got to prepare our team for uh, leading up to this game. And one other Razorback note for you. Baseball America came out with their preseason top 25, and Arkansas is ranked number three to start the season. They'll get started on February 16th, so the days are uh, getting closer and closer. See, today's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, four, four to 18 days until the start of Razorback baseball season. You're thinking, okay, here we go again. Two seconds, one second, the Hornets now. Arkansas wins. The Razorbacks have won it. This year's team is built different. They're built more above the rim. Coach Matt Zimmerman on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Telco Federal Credit Union. Providing loans since 1950 for your dream home, duck cabin, home remodel, or vehicle. Apply online at telco.com. Bring him in, Coach Zimmerman, ready to head to Columbia. This is a special trip for you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, Wes, for sure. It's, you know, going back there, coach there for a good while, and, and uh, had a lot of good experience there. Fortunately, we had pretty good teams there, and it was fun. And You know what I always say about Mizzou, Wes, they were really, really good to us. We were there. They treated us well. They were respectful. They were good fans. They just weren't any good to us when we left. Uh, they, were, they were bad when we left. They were really mean to all of us, our staff, our coaches, our head coach. It was brutal when we left, and uh, luckily we got to leave on our own. Boy, they were not happy with us, and uh, every time we'd go back after that, they showed us how much they didn't like us. But, uh, <laughs> we had some good uh, had some good teams there. Had the best team Missouri's ever had there in 08-09. Uh, 31 wins is still a school record, and Missouri's never been to a Final Four. We went to a Final Eight. William Stewart went to a couple of Final Eights. Quinn Snyder went to one Final Eight. But we had the record for school wins, so I'm, I'm really proud of that. Speaking of that, Coach, about them being mean to you uh, once you return, what's that environment like? How tough of an environment is that going to play against Missouri? Missouri's like all the schools in our league. You catch them at the right time, they can have a full house and have a great environment and be really tough. Uh, they pride themselves in being the show-me state. And uh, what that means is, if you're not very good and you're struggling, then they don't show up. And uh, they're they're big. They, they will show up if you're if you're winning and really good. They will be there in droves, like they were this year with their football team. But when things are going bad, they won't. I don't know what they'll have. But, you know, seven thirty game. You know, some of them. You know, we have a we have a former Mizzou player on our team. 
Um, he missed the last game. You know, some of them may show up to see if he's playing. I mean, you just don't ever know with Missouri. They're obviously not one a game in the league. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of crowd they have. We went there the first year they were in the league, and uh, we played them at home first. Cody Cunningham, Era, Kiko Adar, Mardrake Swade, and we beat them here in a crazy close game. And we beat them on a Saturday afternoon, sold out Bud Walton. And then a, you know, maybe three or four weeks later, we went there, Joe, and it was slam-packed. And still a lot of our players playing in Missouri, and they beat us by 30. Hmm. And that was the one of the meanest, wildest atmospheres I've ever seen. That's when the Antlers, uh, they followed us for about three years when we would land. For about three years straight, that was the year they pulled in front of our bus when we were going from the airport. And there's many people that saw this. This isn't just me. We were driving from the airport in Columbia to uh, our hotel, and uh, they pulled right in front of us. They, they, we, they, they were out there at the airport waiting on us, and then they started chasing us, you know, and they'd always have stuff on their vehicle and hateful stuff, and they pulled right in front of our bus and hit the brakes. And uh, luckily our bus driver didn't slam right in the back of it. He was able to handle it. And uh, after that, we had to start getting a little police help around Columbia to maneuver <laughs> around there. They weren't no joke. The antlers and... Uh, it was a weird deal for us because we were used to being a part of that and them coming to our coaching show and coming to our games and being so good to us. And then here they were trying to really, boy, they, they did not like us. But those first few years when we went back, it was pure hatred for Mike Anderson, pure, deep, really all of us, but especially for Coach Anderson. As a coach, what's, what's the message on both sides of it where you're talking about two basketball teams that are struggling and uh, Missouri is the home team, so as the home team, they're hosting another team that's struggling. What's the message yeah. there? And then with Arkansas, you're going to play a road game, and it's your chance to get on track. What's the message from both sides of that? Well, you know, for them, which I'm not too worried about, but for them, they are having to really be uh, – they're 0-7, they're and they're looking at a team that's just got one win. So I'm sure they're going to be determined. It's, it's not like uh, – they're, they're going to feel like, hey, this is an opportunity for us. And I think they've got respect for Arkansas's program. But they're going to be like, hey, Arkansas is 1-6, uh, is we're 0-7. This is a, we've got an opportunity here. And uh, to me, pressure's a little bit on them because they're at home. And they're going to end up, you know, maybe running out of some opportunities down the road unless they get, you know, get better or whatever. And they still got to play Vandy. I'm not sure what that game is and who hadn't won a game. But for the Razorbacks, which is the most important thing, I never liked these kind of games too much. Sometimes they didn't mind them when you were when we were really, really good. You were playing somebody that was down, and you knew that, hey, there's a reason that, that this team is 0-7 in the league, so let's go out and play. Let's play like we're capable of playing, and then we're going to figure, we're gonna find the reasons they're 0-7. We're going to exploit those, and we're going to win. That's how you have to think. Um, but for us, there is some pressure to me because uh, – it is a winless team in the league. And that's not to put pressure on our guys. It's just, I think that's just natural. It's a natural thing. This is, uh, you know, it's one thing if you're going on the road to play Tennessee or Kentucky or Alabama, you want to beat them. But you're kind of playing with house money. You're going to their place. They're one of the top teams. This would be a huge win for us. But when you go to somebody that's 0-7, it kind of changes that pressure a little bit. And uh, that makes sense. Yep, and uh, and uh, that's so it's a little bit of pressure on both ends. I think Missouri will be feeling pressure because they hadn't won, and for Arkansas there is some pressure because uh, this is this is a team that hadn't won, and and we we need to we need to go there and find a way to to beat those guys. We're talking with Matt Zimmerman, coach. What did you see out of Arkansas against Kentucky? Well, the football team West that was really close, uh, you know. Uh, Close don't get it. I mean, Arkansas won a national championship. It's a big-time place. But I, but I saw a team that was really close to winning that ball game, probably three possessions from winning it. And if we got our guards played really hard, but they went 11 for 37 from the three starting guards. If they could have made three or four more shots combined, maybe each one of them making one more shot, we'd probably walk out of there with a victory. Real close, much better defense, much more connected, passing better, um, more unselfish play, more encouraging each other, whether it was from the court or from the bench or from everyone, it seemed like it was a more connected team. And at the end, we still lost, at least, but we lost in a better way. And I know our fans, I know Coach Musselman, you know, he's not satisfied with that, but at least we lost in a better way. You know, when I left Ole Miss the other night, we've had three road games in the league, and we've been blown out in all three of them to some degree, if you want to call a Georgia game a blowout, it's close to it, you know. 
I was walking out of there thinking, you know, I've never been so thirsty for a, you know, one-point loss in overtime or a two-point loss in regulation. You know, and that's kind of a weird feeling because we've just been getting beat on the road so handily that you're just thirsty to, to play somebody close and have a chance to win. And so, you know, they did that. And you do that against the number six-ranked team in the country, that shows what this team can do, what this team's capable of. And so I hope people aren't giving up. I know some people tell me they have, but it's, I'm not talking about the team. I'm talking about, you know, the people that support the team. Because it is a 10 and 10, but there's 11 games left. And in this era, just a lot of things can change with these young people. They, they can start playing better. They can get hot. There's so many factors can go into making a team turn the, turn the corner. And maybe this Razorback team still will turn the corner. How do they turn the corner? What is, what is the number one thing they have to fix to turn that corner? The, the number one thing has always been the defense. And, but, you know, you hold Kentucky, the top-scoring team in the league, to 63. So we need to keep that going, that, that kind of defensive energy and that kind of effort. And, you know, it's the top three shot-blocking team in the country. So the defense has to be what it was. And I still think on the offensive end, we have to, got to, we got to just keep driving the ball, keep attacking. They're calling it tight in this league. Get to the – his teams have always gotten to the free throw line a lot. This team has not been getting to the free throw line a lot. Maybe get to the free throw line more often and, and get baskets that way and, and, and score points from the line and, and drive. We've got guys that can drive, and then we can always kick it out. we got capable shoot three-point shooters. Not the best three-point shooting team in the country. We know that. But we got guys that can hit some shots. And so those are the two things that have to go. I think that our key guys have to play well. Tremont. Caleb's still the second-leading scorer on this team. Um, L. Ellis needs to play like he's capable of. Makai had a really good game. He needs to play like he's 23, 24 years old and been around for six years. That's how he needs to play. And he did it the other day. He needs to carry that forward. Jalen Graham can score. Jalen Graham's going to be somebody we can count on. Game in, game out. And all those guys, you put all that together, you will have a chance. And, uh, you know, Tomorrow night's going to be very interesting, I think, West and Joe, because this team needs to win, period. And you got to go. I think Arkansas has the, has the better team. I think Arkansas has the better talent. Arkansas has got proven coaching staff. you got to go there. you got to pull together and find a way to beat those guys tomorrow night. Any concern with this team from uh, the front court and their inside presence? We saw that Makai Mitchell did play a little more in this game, and he brought a spark from a physicality standpoint, but – is there any concern with what's happening with the front court? I think the front court still got a chance to be pretty good because there's been times the front court hadn't scored enough. And James Graham gave you inside scoring. He can do that. I think if he gets any minutes, he's going to score 10, 12, 14. He might get 20. Hmm. He's that type of score. But it's Chandler, Trevin Brazil, and Makai. Those guys have to be a little bit more consistent on the offense. Yeah, that means, you know, we struggled offensive rebounding all year. The other day, we finally got some offensive rebounds, 11 of them. We need to be flying to the glass, and we need some Makai offensive rebounds, Chandler Lawson offensive rebounds. Watching the Houston Cougars last night at Texas, and every time that ball came out, it was a war between those two schools for for the rebound. And oftentimes it was Houston coming up with it and either dunking it or powering it back up or getting to the free throw line. And that's what Chandler and Makai and Trevin, those guys have to provide. Jalen Graham can catch in there and make a quick move and score. But we have to have some more from those other guys and uh, that, I think that's a very important piece to this. Matt, Matt Zimmerman with us. And, Coach, uh, I, I'll be honest, I don't think I've watched Missouri play one second this year. Okay. Give me a yeah. scouting report. What What is it they can take? Arkansas can do to take advantage, and what do I need to know? Well, Wes, they, they kind of are a guard-oriented team. Um, Nick Honor's been around. He's a solid-built, big-point guard, pretty experienced kid. He's, he's not bad. He played well against us last year when they beat us up there. And then here, he, he did not play well. We were able to smack him pretty good. Um, he, he's a big part of what they do. But the guy that's kind of getting going for him is Tamar Bates. He's a transfer, a guard. He, he transferred in from Indiana. And Bates has done a good job for those guys. He's a pretty athletic, strong guard. And I think in the uh, when you look at the stats in the league, he's not that high up in scoring as far as all of the games this season. But where he's got going is once the conference started, uh, Tamar Bates got going. And then you look at the numbers here, he's fifth in our conference in scoring in league games. And he's second in our league, I believe, in field goal percentage. Hmm. He's behind uh, Tolu Smith from Mississippi State in field goal percentage. So he's shooting a high percentage 
He's a strong kid. He's a good athlete. And uh, Bates, Bates is very important to them. And he's kind of helped them hang around. The third player that's really important for them is this other guard, Lanky. And he played well against us at Mizzou last year. Sean East the second. And East is a guy that uh, you got to keep him in front of you. Not a great shooter. He can make a shot, but he's better driving and attacking and has a little bit of a pull-up. The biggest weakness for them has been they've had some defensive issues, but rebounding. And uh, when you look on paper in conference games, Wes, the two, unfortunately, rebounding margin, which is rebounding totals, in our conference, the 13th team is Missouri. That's at the bottom. And the 14th team is the Razorbacks. Mm -hmm. And so these are two teams that are both, you know, they're minus eight and a half. We're minus nine and a half. And so rebounding has been an issue for both of these basketball teams. So that'll be important tomorrow night. Missouri's worst in the league offensive rebounds. And we're worse than the league in defensive rebounds. And uh, so that kind of tells you the story of Missouri. It'll be interesting what kind of crowd that they have. Obviously, the more crowd they have, the better it helps them. And uh, it'll be, I think it's a team game that both teams are going to feel a little pressure. Coach, the way you describe Missouri, it sounded a lot like Arkansas. It sounds like these teams are mirror images because mm-hmm. everything you said was, th- there were those same thoughts on Arkansas. Yeah. And uh, so, so what does Arkansas do to overcome and uh, and and kind of impose their will on Missouri? We're a little bigger than them, Joe, and we're, we, uh, to me, we're maybe a little more athletic than them. And we have to let that show as this game goes on. And we have got to be uh, very aggressive. To me, I think you got to come out and not let them, not let their energy guys. They got an energy guy named Aiden Shaw. And they got a, you know another kid that's a strong. You'll you'll recognize him. He seems about six six, weighs about two fifty. Named Noah Carter. And those guys are gonna they play below the rim, but they're physical. Aiden Shaw can get up the rim, but Noah Carter's a physical guy. Plays low, hits you, uh, you know, plays with physicalness. And for Arkansas, we need the game to be at the rim or above the rim. We're taller than them. We got longer guys than them, and that's where the game needs to be played. Even. Well, when our guards shoot the basketball, say Tremont Mark off of a pull-up, it needs to be Mackay or Chandler, whoever those guys, all fly into the glass and trying to use our size advantage over them. Noah Carter's a good player, but he's 6'5", 250. He's going to be battling sometimes with a Mackay Mitchell or a Chandler Lawson, 6'9", 6'10", guys. We have to take advantage of that right there. Coach, can I ask you a tough question? Yes. Do you think we'll see Devo Davis in a Razorback uniform again? I sure hope so. But, no, I, I'm not privy to that. And, obviously, it'll be interesting as these next days go by. And, you know, I was hoping that I'd wake up Sunday or Monday and it would be over with and we'd have everybody back and everybody play in and everybody in a good state of mind. You know, here we are on Tuesday and none of that's happened yet. So, um, you know, there's been no statement uh, since the, the one-sentence statement from Saturday. So I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hopeful that it would because uh, it, to me, would be very sad, very, very sad. If it, if, it, if it didn't come to that, if he didn't get to come back and play and work it out, but he's got to, you know, it's got to be a two-way street. Anytime you have something like this go on, and so you know, he's got to want to be back, and then you know, the, the staff and the team has got to feel good about it on their end. So I hope so. Coach, uh, we have a question from our Southern Structural Solutions text line about Keon Minifield, and uh, you know, he got some some court time once he was eligible. Is that someone you expect to maybe get some more court time? Well, definitely. Because, you know, he was the SEC Player of the Week after he'd been here for three weeks. He was so outstanding in that game. And we only did at the end. Started the conference season off pretty good. And then kind of got got where he wasn't playing. And his minute, the other night he didn't play a second. And so he has to go to work in practice. He's, he's got to be an energy guy. He's got to convince Coach, you've got to get me, get me back out there. I can help this team. I do think he helps. Um, I'm not going to tell you all 14 guys are going to help us, but I do think Keon can help us. He's quick. He causes a little bit of a matchup problem for people. We've seen that he can get hot and shoot it. When you're struggling to score, we've had a game of 51 points. We just had a game of 57 points. That's a guy that scored 32 points in a Division One game. He is capable, and so I think he, hopefully he'll get opportunity, and maybe on that game, he may not score 32 or maybe he can get hot and give you 16 or give you 14 or give you 18. And he's one of our guys that can get hot. The guys that can score, Tramon, Caleb Battle, Keon, Jalen Graham, 
those those guys have to have an opportunity to get out there and, and, and have a chance, you know. And I think that coach knows that he's given all those guys chances, but we, we got to be able to score the basketball to win. You have got to be able to score. You can't win in this league scoring fifty one or fifty seven. Coach, I hope you have a uh, good flight to Columbia. I hope your flight home is yeah. even better. Oh uh, well, it'd be sure nice tomorrow night to be uh, be riding home and then smacking down some pizza and uh, feeling good about the Razorbacks beating Missouri. I hope so. Um, won't be easy. It won't be easy on the road, but uh, the Razorbacks can go up there and win. Coach, thank you. Take care. Okay, Talk to guys. you next week. Okay. See All you, right. Coach. Okay. Thanks, Wes. Matt Zimmerman joining us. Yeah, that would change the mood a little bit, make uh, the show Thursday a little bit better, make the Guatney Buick GMC, Guatney Chevrolet postgame show a lot better, too, if they could uh, find a way to beat Missouri. Coach is, is so great to talk to and so easy to talk to. It almost opened up another door there at the end. We were letting him go, but then he mentioned pizza, and now it's kind of like you want to ask him some questions about his favorite pizza. <laughs> pizza. Next week. We'll ask him next week. All right, we'll open up the phone line, 661-1037. Got an NFL list here. Best coaches, worst coaches in the NFL. Stick around. This is Out of Bounds. Fence Brokers presents Razorback Graffiti every Monday morning. Call Morning Mayhem and let them know how you feel about how they did. One sentence and one sentence only. This is Sports Center. In college basketball last night, Arkansas Pine Bluff beat Grambling 86 to 70 behind Conway native Kyle Milton's 26 points, nine rebounds, and four assists. Pine Bluff will play again on Saturday when they take on Mississippi Valley State, who is winless on the year at 0 21. Tonight in the SEC, there will be two games. Fifth ranked Tennessee will host South Carolina, who is a surprising 5 2 in SEC play. Tip for that game is set for 5 30. Coverage will be on SEC Network. The second game will be Mississippi State going on the road to take on Ole Miss at 7 30. That game will be on SEC Network. Network also. Nationally, there is just one ranked matchup. 25th ranked TCU will host 15th ranked Texas Tech at 6th on ESPN2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Guys, it's the new year, baby. It's 2024. Low T Center can make it a great one. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, you've noticed a lack of motivation and drive, you may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels tested. They make it quick. They make it easy to get all your levels checked, and it's only 25 bucks. And with their on-site lab, you'll get results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Listen for Oakwan's Nancy Holtis on the Zone, presented by Crave Barbecue and Specialty Dogs. Bryant's new sports mecca in Saline County. Crave carries all the sporting events on their flat screens, axe throwing, and 30 beers and mixed drinks on their beer wall. Award-winning barbecue and specialty dogs. Plus, get lunch for under 10 bucks. Crave Barbecue and Specialty Dogs in Bryant. At Southern Floor Coating, coatings are all they do, and they won't be beat on price. Factory-trained installers using the purest form of polyurea with UV stability for all your outside projects. When you call, you'll talk with a professional interested in your project, not a voicemail. Don't trust a fly-by-night company that may not be in business next year. Transform your patio, porch, or pool deck and call the real pros at Southern Floor Coating. 501-402-4912 or take a look at southernfloorcoating.com. There is nothing better than calling the hogs with your fellow Razorback fans. And now is the time to join the team and become a part of the Razorback Foundation. Fans can join for as little as $4.17 per month. The financial support provided by Razorback Foundation members makes a once-in-a-lifetime experience possible for more than 465 student-athletes. Your gifts provide scholarships, academic support, training, and nutrition, as well as professional and personal development assistance. Being a member allows you to access season tickets, priority seating and parking, tailgating, invitations to exclusive coaches and player events, as well as 20% off at Slim Chickens in Northwest Arkansas. Your support will help the Razorbacks continue on the path of success and bring home even more SEC and national championships. Already a member? Great! You have until March 1st to renew your membership. Join by calling 479-443-9000 or visit RazorbackFoundation.com. That's 479-443-9000 or RazorbackFoundation.com. Go Hogs! 
It's just an acre for Serta Pro Painters. It's a company I've used for years for many projects, inside and outside over the years, and soon you'll be able to say the same, and you'll be happy that you can. I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, but Serta Pro does. They'll walk you through the process, help you pick out exactly the right color of paint for whatever room you're trying to redo, and they're going to leave behind a beautiful, clean project. You won't even know they were there, other than the project being done, and your wall's looking great. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated, so get them on the case as soon as possible. Schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. Man, another brick. I guess people should really stick to what they know. Like how Chris Crane Hyundai knows customer care and cars. New, pre-owned, service, and a body shop. But don't just take my word for it. Let Layden tell you. Hey, Arkansas. It's Layden Blocker. For slam dunk deals, go see the team at Chris Crane Hyundai and Carlos. So Layden's got the hoops handled, and Chris Crane has your car covered. Come see us today on Museum Road in Conway and ChrisCraneHyundai.com. Fire up the grill this summer with the highest quality of meats from Hogs Meat Market and their new location off JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Gardner Johnson in for Joseph, who leaves. Here's Purdy with a lot of time. Steps into one. Launching deep, going for Brandon Ayuk. It is. Oh, he caught it off the ricochet. Penalty. Is he in? He's down to the five. We'll see what the penalty is. I'll tell you what. This is, about his, this is the best play they've made all day. And oh, Man, Kendall Vendori had one. It hit him right in the face mask. And then, man, give credit there to Brandon Ayuk just staying with the play and catching it off the deflection. There is no foul on the play. The catch was made. And the is down at the contact at the four-and-a-half-yard line. First down San Francisco. I mean, you had, no, you had no other choice. I mean, it was nice that we were starting out with the ball in the third, so it gave us some hope in that way. Um, and also, it being a 17-point game was encouraging because it looked like it should have been worse. Uh, that's definitely how it felt. That's how the numbers looked. Um, but we were only down 17, which uh, that's not too much. But you got to start playing a lot better in order for that not to be too much. And came out in the third quarter, and um, we finished with a field goal. I definitely thought that wasn't uh, enough. But then I think our D stopped him on a fourth down the next time. Then we got a touchdown. Then I want to say the next drive was the turnover. And then just like that, it was just three three drives. And I think by the end of the third, it was a tie game. And then it was like, all right, it's the first quarter again, but it's the fourth. Let's start. Westmore Joe Franklin out of bounds is Kyle Shanahan. Pretty good coach, right? He's up there, you think, as far as head coach in the NFL? Yeah, play caller, offensive mind. He is one of the top coaches the way that he can go into a game and design some of the, the philosophy going into the game and the way he's able to scheme up those formations and really fool the defense, they have to really put in some work to, to counter what he's doing from an offensive standpoint. Now, the shortcomings, which he can definitely get over, are uh, what's happened in Super Bowls when both times he's been involved with the Falcons as an offensive coordinator – and they stopped running the ball, mm. then the, the Patriots were able to come back and win and beat them in that game. Now with this game, this is a rematch against the Chiefs, Super Bowl 54. They had a 10-point lead with seven minutes left in the game. The Chiefs were able to overcome that and win the game. They were up 21-10, I believe, in the third quarter, and the Chiefs finished by scoring 21 straight points. 31-21, is that right? That was, Final that's score? it. Yeah, 21 straight points to to knock off the 49ers. So there are several players on that team that were a part of that game. Dre Greenlaw was one of them. He was a rookie in that game, played, had seven tackles. I looked it up today. So there are several guys on this 49ers team that will want a little revenge and try to get a little payback. But, of course, the main thing, they just want that ring, get that Super Bowl. Two great head coaches matched up in this game with Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. This morning I received an email and it was a study conducted by CSGOL or CSGOLUCK.com. They uh, ranked all the NFL head coaches by winning percentage, average division finish, playoff games won, several different variables to rank these head coaches. And they put out the uh, list today. Number one on the list, no longer coaching. Bill Belichick. <laughs> but all the success that he's had and all the 
high finishes in division play and the playoff victory, Super Bowl victory. Not a surprise. No, makes total sense that we're talking about everything combined, big picture, looking at all time. Now, the list could be a lot different if we're talking about recently. And who? How, how do you rank these coaches now? And even if you wanted to include him based on this past season, mm-hmm. he would be down that list. He would well. His index score is so high above everybody else's. This year's miserable finish wouldn't affect it. He's at eighty point two six. The next head coach is at fifty seven point four eight, and that's Andy Reid. Now yeah, Reid would go up a little if they're looking at one season, though it, it would come down quite a bit. Oh yeah, no, no. If you're just taking account this year, uh, they did this. Uh, seeing what the data include, how long of a year? I don't see it anywhere. But number two on the list, Andy Reid. Sean McVay, number three on the list. So that tells me it's gone back for a, a period of time. Number four, Kyle Shanahan. So you got the number two and number four head coaches on this list coaching in the Super Bowl. Pete Carroll was fifth on the list. Those are your top five coaches. What I found uh, not surprising. Yeah, I guess it is surprising. The bottom five, first of all, the worst coach in the NFL, according to this study, is Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints. The second worst coach. In the NFL. Mike McDaniel of the Miami Dolphins. That was really surprising. Because what do they base that on? Like, he hasn't been around long enough to really just go all in and and judging him. But they've had success in the years that he's been there. Like, like why are they saying that he's the second worst coach? Because his teams have had success. Belichick, I'm, I'm trying to read and see how far back they went. And I think they just took the coach for how, how long he coached. So it's in t- their entire career and how they have finished as a head coach their entire career. So a uh, coach with you know a shorter career is not going to get as many points, uh, but it would be averaged out. That's part of the reason, I guess, for Mike McDaniel. Jonathan Gannon, Cardinals, third worst. Matt Eberflus from the Bears, fourth worst. And Todd Bowles from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the fifth worst coach. Uh, If you're wondering uh, about maybe the Cowboys, uh, you have to go to number 12. That's where Mike McCarthy is on the list. Is that high or low for him? Mm, What do you think? Let's see who's ahead of him. Belichick, Reed, McVay, Shanahan, Carroll, uh, Zach Taylor, John Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, your Steelers, number nine on the list. Doug Peterson with Jacksonville. I think I'd put, yeah, I would. I'd put McCarthy ahead of him. I mean, yes, really? I would. Yeah, yeah, I would. Super Bowl winning coach. I know well, McCarthy is also, one, yeah. but more recently, more is recently. Doug Peterson. And think about the difference in who they did it with. Doug Peterson. He does it with Nick Foles after Carson Wentz goes out. So it was more about a team team constructing that team. Mm-hmm. And then Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers. Kevin Stefanski, yeah, I'm probably, that's a little bit of the uh, Cowboys bias showing out. Uh, Kevin Stefanski with Cleveland ahead of McCarthy? D- yeah. Yeah? Yes. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, but um, the play calling ability. What happened when he doesn't have his number one guy or maybe number two or three and getting it done with these quarterbacks? Even uh, Baker Mayfield, when he was there, they were a playoff team and made a run in the playoffs. I know some people would disagree with this list. Ron Rivera's up at 17. Brian Dayball at 14. A little high for those guys. Dayball, it's kind of a wash when you look at the past two seasons he's been a head coach for two seasons and one they didn't expect much and they happen to make the playoffs then they come back the second season they're expecting more and then they fall really short of that but your starting quarterback and daniel jones is out so they factor i'm sure they factor some of those things in uh two high risers or two guys that will be rising up this list uh pretty quick in my opinion D'Amico Ryans, number 23 with the Texans, and Dan Campbell, number 26 with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's way too low for Dan Campbell. That just shows you one good year is not good enough to move those guys up that list. Also surprising, though, when we talk about what Mike McCarthy is at 12, you have coaches like Matt LaFleur of the Mm -hmm. Packers, 
I like and him. Sean McDermott of the Bills that are behind Mike McCarthy. Mm. And they are both at 15 and 16, respectively. It's a good list of coaches. You start looking at there are there are more quality head coaches in the NFL than there are quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely that. Now here's here's another one. Um, where does Sean Payton? Rank? He was up high. Okay. Yeah, he was in the top ten. He was ahead of McCarthy. Okay, he's number eight. There yeah. we go. Yeah, I mentioned him when I was reading off the top ten. All right, we'll take some phone calls. Let's go to uh, Ryan in Hot Springs. Ryan, welcome in to Out of Bounds. Hey, I. Don't- I think that's a little high for Sean. Yeah, what, 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 I'm a Denver fan at that. That's kind of the reason why I called in because, you know, I uh, every time I see uh, the 49ers doing real good, I get kind of sick at my stomach because uh, the story is that Kyle wanted that job, and there was one of the guys, I don't know if he's the board of directors or what, but he blocked the hiring of not just him but Mike McDaniel. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm ungrateful for getting uh, Sean Payton. It's just more of a looking how much further down the road the Broncos would be uh, had had we went with Kyle, and uh, I just I just think it's just kind of you know makes me sick to think about. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I am surprised that year one didn't go a little bit better for Sean Payton in Denver, and the whole uh, issue with Russell Wilson. It just seemed like a perfect scenario from the outside looking in. He's going to a place with a good defense. He's got a veteran quarterback that has been very good, one of the best quarterbacks for a couple of years uh, when. It, when he was with the Seahawks, so you felt like that was still in Russell Wilson, that he could still be a top quarterback. And for them not to get it going uh, a little bit more this year, I know the offensive line's not very good, and that's a key in, in football. you got to have an offensive line. you got to think they address that in the offseason. Not sure that that's a foregone conclusion that Russell Wilson's not going to be back with the Broncos because he counts 85 mil against their salary cap, whether he's on the roster or not. And... Um, those last couple of games during the season, the last thing you want to see is Russell yeah. Wilson get injured, and then they were already on the hook for an injury salary of 37 mil guaranteed. So it could have been more about protecting the player from injury to make sure you don't have a quarterback when you don't have anything to play for that's going to be out for a significant time during the next season but you still have to pay him almost 40 mil. No, that makes total sense. You think about it and the way he likes to move around. Well, heck, it's football. It's, it's NFL quarterbacks get hurt all the time, but you know, he gets hit, blows out his knee, tears his ACL, and he's out next year, and you're paying all that money. Your salary cap takes the huge hit, and then you've got to go find a quarterback. Well, you probably can't afford a quarterback because of your other needs, and then you're stuck with a young quarterback or unproven veteran that c- comes for cheap. And that sets you back even more. So by sitting him the final couple of weeks, that ensures if you do want to keep him, you got a healthy Russell Wilson for next year. And and think about this. Even if they made a trade, they could get some draft picks and things in return. But once again, that 85 mil in dead cap money counts against their salary cap, whether he's on the roster or not. And that's about four times as much that has ever been paid in dead cap for one player mm. that's not on your roster. I'm trying to think back. Did did we hear anything from Russell Wilson during all, during all of this? Yeah, and he mentioned that, that injury policy that was in the contract. They wanted him to waive that, and they told him, he, he said that they told him he'd be benched if he didn't waive it. They won a few games, so they went on a win streak, and everything looked promising because he didn't agree to it. But then when it got towards the end of the season, they knew they were out of the playoffs. Then they sat him down. They sat. Was he mad about it? Or did he oh, understand? Ab- absolutely. He, yeah, he was mad about it. He wanted to play? Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're there. Play the game. But you've got to understand the ownership and the, uh, the uh, financial side of it, too. You're protecting the team for what something drastic that could happen. That was definitely a business. And the teams, the organizations, they're always going to look out for what's best for the organization and the business. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the Lions and the Ravens, the losers of last weekend. I'm not calling them losers. I'm just saying they lost the game. Which one of these teams, in your opinion, is like more likely to be back next year, competing for a Super Bowl, making it to the championship game? Do you see the return of the Lions or do you see the return of the Ravens? Neither, both is not an option. One or the other. Which one is more likely? Which one is more likely to get back on top? 
We'll talk about that next. This is Out of Bounds. Is your Oaklawn Thoroughbred racing action so close you can feel it? Or is it the view from your trackside luxury suite? However you like it, racing season is off and running at Oaklawn with live races every weekend through May 4th. It's fun by the furlong all season long. Make your reservations today at oaklawn.com. What's your Oaklawn? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone, so it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that, which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. See Shelter Agent Christy Pettit in Maumel, Matt Cooper in Russellville, or Madison Buse in England. Need a new set of tires? Or maybe your car is making a noise that is waking the dead. Payday is still two weeks away, or maybe you're waiting on your tax refund. We've all been there. Your local, family-owned Big O Tires in Conway and Cabot understands. That's why we offer several finance programs. Maybe your credit's not as spotless as you'd like it to be. Our understanding staff can help. All this and huge savings, too. Tight service and straight talk. Big O Tires. So I was talking to my friend Bobby the other day, and he said, is this QC Kinetics real? Like, will they really get rid of my joint pain? I said, absolutely. If you've got injuries or if you've got arthritis, just call them today for that free consultation, and they will show you exactly how your own body will heal itself. Hey, everybody, it's RJ Hawk. QC Kinetics uses regenerative medicine that is transforming lives with innovative, non-surgical, drug-free treatments that deliver lasting results. Knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain. Do you have arthritis or maybe an old injury? Don't let this pain keep you from living your best life. QC Kinetics is a revolutionary approach that can get you long-term relief with no downtime. Make 2024 the year you reclaim your mobility. Do like many people in Central Arkansas have done. Call QC Kinetics now for that free consultation. 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. Once again, the consultation's free at QC Kinetics. Hey, Razorback fans, it's Queen Grovey. Check out the new location of Bell & Sword in Conway. Suits, shirts, vests, also polos with Arkansas logo gear from Johnny O and Peter Millar. A store within a store with Arkansas-made Martin Demon shoes and leather goods. Fantastic service with a tailor-owned staff to fit you perfectly. Go to the new location, Bell & Sword, 1011 Oak Street, Conway, or on Facebook and Instagram. Penny Con Burkhalter here, reminding you that Guadney Buick GMC has the best team in town. And with the purchase allowances, cash back, and low rates currently available, upgrading your trade at Guadney is a slam dunk. Call 501-945-4444, 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock, Guadney Buick GMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. Guadney Buick GMC next to Sam's Club in North Little Rock. With sales, service, and collision, there's no need to drive past us. Oh! Hey, what a great show today. Yeah, well, you said great. Great. All right, it was great. Tribute to the great Gene Hackman. We had the great Justin Moore with us. Tomorrow, Hannah Gamble the starts The great with Hannah Gamble. Trey Reed. Trey Reed will be with us and Walter Coleman. All tomorrow. <laughs> Make your tailgate the party of the parking lot by getting the best meats in all of Arkansas at Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Bet Saracen. It's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. Bet Saracen is as close as your cell phone. Just go to the app store and download the Bet Saracen app or go to betsaracen.com. The line is set for the Super Bowl. 49ers are a one-point favorite. The over-under is 47 and a half. And there's also a player's pick boosted parlay. And it's Chiefs win over 47 and a half total points. Hmm. And either Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy not to throw for 250-plus passing yards. And that parlay and that boost is worth plus 1100 Oh, my. 
So that's Wait, one to look whoa, into. Whoa, whoa, rewind. Beep, beep, beep. Back it up. Chiefs win. Chiefs win. Over 47 and a half points. And either quarterback doesn't throw for 250-plus yards. Okay. The over scares me. It's the only one that scares me. 47. I like the defenses. I think both defenses are good. I, I really do. That Well, that's why they're there. I can see this a low-scoring game. It could be, but then well, the offenses could explode. Yeah. Because they're, they're both 1100, capable. though, that's, that's – I like that boost. That's worth – all right. It's definitely worth it. But on Bet Saracen, you can get not only uh, the NFL odds for the Super Bowl, but there's college basketball, there's NBA, combat sports, boxing, MMA, in-game, prop bets. There are specials, double R props. It's all there on the Bet Saracen app. For the most accurate and up-to-date sports wagering info, you need to be on the Bet Saracen app. It's simple. Just go to the App Store and download the Bet Saracen app. Or go to BetSaracen.com. Be sure to check out the video of How to Play featuring Jancy Sheets. It is hard to get to the championship game. It's difficult. Ravens, great job. Kudos. To, to me, they were one of the best teams at, at one point during the season. They were the best team. After they beat the 49ers, I think they took over the role, in my mind, as the best team in the NFL. The Lions' up-and-coming team surprised some people, I think a lot of people, to get to the championship game. Heck, they had not been there since 1991. My question to you, who is more likely to return to the championship game or even go to the Super Bowl next year, the Lions or the Ravens? I'll take the Ravens, and I know the Lions had a lot of success this year, and they built upon what they did last season. They won so many games straight to end the season, had a lot of expectations coming into this one, and they lived up to it and maybe exceeded some by going to the NFC Championship game. They have a young roster, young team, and we see them continue to grow over the past couple of seasons. The Ravens, on the other hand, they're led by Lamar Jackson, who it, it looks like he could be lined up to win another MVP. They have a lot of weapons around them. New offensive system in place. They've been there before. And just based off the experience they have, I would take them to continue with that. They have good head coach who's been there before. Yeah. So I'm taking the Ravens overall just because of the success that they've had as a whole. And even when you look at their team as a complete team, Defense is always something that is in their favor. They always have one of the better defenses. So when you look at the roster as a whole, I say the Ravens. It's hard right now to say because we don't know about free agency, who's going to leave, who's going to come. Uh, the draft will play a, a big part of that. I'm going to go with the Lions. One of the big reasons I'm going with the Lions is by the division and their conference. You look at the AFC, it is loaded. I mean, and specifically... The Ravens division. Bengals, going to be better next year, you'd think, with Burrow healthy. Steelers, good. Browns, good, getting better. This was a division. What was the records of all these teams? Well, every team in the division, they had a winning record. So the Bengals, coming in fourth, they had a 9-8 and record. Very tough division. And then the entire AFC, I mean, you look at it as a whole, the AFC is tougher as a whole than the NFC. So I think that helps the Lions' chances just because of the uh, lack of competition compared to what the Ravens will have. Uh, I think the North, uh, Packers look like they're up and coming, but I still like what Detroit has. And then you look, Detroit has $60 million in cap space. They're one of the top teams in the NFL when you look at cap space available. So they're going to have some room to move. Now, they got to decide what to do with Jared Goff. Uh, if they want to extend him, give him his payday. But they have some money to spend. And I love what the Lions have done the last couple of years in the draft. You look at their some of the players making contributions. Those are guys that they drafted, that they hit on, not just in the first round, but second round, third round, fourth round. So give them another draft. Give them $60 million in cap space, given who they have to play and have to beat in their division and their conference. I think the Lions are more likely to get back to the championship game. And you can make an argument for either team in that sense. And then to your point, the uh, NFC doesn't seem to be as tough to get through. And uh, if you can win that division in the NFC North, then maybe you have an easier path overall mm-hmm. to get back 
into the playoffs and maybe make a run. Yeah, the uh, the Eagles are a big question mark right now because they're so it's a talented team, and for them to just fall apart like that, uh, the second half of the season or the last third of the season, if they can somehow get that culture back, get that winning way back, you got to think Eagles are a threat, Forty ers are a threat. I think the Cowboys are going to be a threat. I think the Lions. I think Packers. Packers. Yes. I mean that that would be the top five going into the season before all the free agency hits and and the draft. But those are the teams to watch out for. But then on the AFC, I think the list is uh, three or four deeper of teams that are competing to go. Maybe even more. Um, We're talking about 16 teams. Uh, You may be able to go about 12 deep in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Because um, especially with some of the quarterbacks that are playing. The Broncos, huge disappointment. They've got some talent. If they get some pieces on the offensive line, uh, they've got a possibility of being a threat. Uh, I love what the Raiders did down the stretch. They've got key pieces. They just got to go out and fix some things. And those are some teams that are more towards the bottom that could come up. Unless they're in that same division, the Chargers. Jim Harbaugh oh, wow. being the head coach, yeah. and they're a talented roster already. Yeah, we were one time talking about the quarterbacks. And the quarterback situation in the AFC is a lot better than the quarterback situation in the NFC. And all you had to do is look at the two championship games. Lamar versus Mahomes. Purdy versus Jared Goff. (laughs) Yeah, the names don't stand out with Purdy and Jared Goff, but those guys, they played at a high level this year, and they may be two of those guys that even with the success that they achieve, you'll have a lot of of people that won't necessarily give them their due, even if they went on to, to win a championship, like in this case with a Brock Purdy, there would still be detractors to say just because he's not a big name, they wouldn't want to give him the credit that he deserves. Well, I got some news. I know a lot of people are wondering about it, but Taylor Swift is going to make it to the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. It it is official. She is set to resume her international touring schedule on February 7th. She's going to play four consecutive shows at the Tokyo Dome with the final concert taking place one day prior to the Super Bowl. She's then going to fly across the globe to Las Vegas and be there. It's a brutal flight, a source says. She's going to get on her plane right after the concert, and she will be at the Super Bowl actually Saturday night because of the international dateline and 17 hours difference with Tokyo ahead. She is going to, uh, her concert will start about 1 a.m. Las Vegas time. The morning before, essentially, she will arrive sometime Saturday night. Was there ever a doubt? No. No. She's going to do everything she could. Coming up in hour number three, we're going to talk Little Rock Wrestling. They are hot right now. Stick around. This is Out of Bounds. At the heart of historic downtown Russellville, the Old Bank offers an upscale dining experience. With the freshest ingredients and creative touches, their menu has an item for everyone. From their signature lump crab cake to a classic blue cheese poutine, BLT wedge salad to hand-cut prime steaks, they aim to cater everyone. And that's not all. Upstairs at the Old Bank, you can enjoy live entertainment Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with trivia, comedy shows, karaoke, live music, and more. Old Bank in downtown Russellville. 